3: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. You're welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. I have kind of a personal question for you, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to.
2: Have you ever like had a rebound relationship? Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't had too many relationships. So anything I thought could be serious, if I got heartbroken or sad, I would go back to this one dude. He was my one rebound. Mm. Is that weird? I don't know. I don't Did he know he was your rebound? I don't know cuz I told you we didn't ve- we haven't really communicated about Mm. what we ever were. Like, Mm -hmm. we were off so badly in communication that when Mm -hmm. one would be actually interested in an actual relationship, the other wouldn't. And we definitely had moments of just being off. So everything finally ended when he started seriously seeing somebody and I started seriously seeing somebody and it kind of just died off. And then he got engaged. So I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely off. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. So typically that would be... He was my Rebound guy, which, by the way, is a Sex in the City episode.
3: Oh, are we coming up on it? No. It's a long time. It's a long time I, away.
2: Well, no, I want to say it's in season two, so we're coming along.
3: We're coming along. Oh, okay. We're coming
2: along.
3: I'll have more time to think about it. All right. Well, uh, I had. I also had a guy... It's str- Sometimes it's strange to think, because to me, Rebound relationship is something I've seen in sitcoms. I know it exists, but there's kind of that like really over-the-top aspect of it. But there was a guy in my life that I think we were on the kind of rebound path, even though nothing serious really ever happened. But, like, if he broke up with somebody, all of a sudden I was, like, he wanted to hang out with me all the time. And I was kind of the opposite where... Not the opposite, but I I always wanted to hang out with him. I kind of had a crush on him. But... (laughs) Uh, It was just interesting to me that it's a strange place to be uh, where you're like, okay, now you're sad and alone, and I am here, and (laughs) we can.
2: (laughs) We can. Wow. (laughs) You said the quiet part out loud. Okay. (laughs) Okay. No, it's true.
3: (laughs) It's true. And I just, I, I was thinking about this because, of course, I, my mind is, I'm riled up about some, some Star Wars stuff. So I, I'm gonna talk about it in the future. But I was just thinking about attachment, <laughs> attachment types of attachment, and a rebound came up. Uh, people were bringing that up, and how it's kind of, it can be different based on your attachment, and it can be healthy, and it can be unhealthy, and all these things. But anyway, all that to say, please enjoy this classic episode in the meantime. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. So Caroline, I think that we can both agree on something. What's that? That breakups suck? I do believe they do. Yeah, I mean, even if you're the one doing the breaking up, or you're the one being broken up with, it's just a pain in the painful areas. <laughs> yes, like the heart. The pain. It's the pain in the heart. Yes, it's and, and the heart. butt. And the butt. Yes. Yeah. No, it leaves you feeling kind of worthless sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes the knee jerk response to a breakup is well, you can you can just get back together with the person, or you can rebound.
4: Um, yes, you can. Now, this is kind of a bad idea according to some people though.
1: Yeah, and rebound relationships have, I think, a pretty negative connotation. You're like mm-hmm. you always hear like, oh, you know, you're just rebounding. It sort of implies that you are still an emotional wreck. Right. Nobody wants to be with the rebounder. <laughs> yeah, no, because you're just gonna use them up. Right. You're gonna use them <laughs> up until you are whole again and have regained your self confidence and self worth, and then you'll move on. Mm-hmm. to the more substantial person.
4: Unless you just get stuck there. Yeah. If you just want attention, I mean, you might just stick
1: with whoever you uh, come across right after your breakup. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, rebounders also uh, tend to be labeled pretty desperate. Yeah. But yeah. so many people do it. So are we all just a desperate pack of sad sacks? <laughs> that might be a
4: harsh assessment. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, after you've either been broken up with or mm-hmm. or dumped somebody. That you know, you want to get back to feeling like a normal person. Yeah. And I mean, it also
1: it, it sort of broadens your perspective, maybe, instead of just focusing on that one person who you've broken up with. So some pros and some cons. Um, and we actually found a study, a survey published in the College Study Journal, <laughs> odd sounding journal from March 2009 that looked into the characteristics of a rebounder. They
4: weren't all positive. No, they were not all positive. Yeah, rebounders were painted as love-seeking, desperate, lonely individuals. Yes, who were also cheaters. Yes, and promiscuous. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> so there you go. End of podcast. Don't do it. Don't get involved with a rebounder. No, first of all, um, a majority of the people in the survey, this was roughly a 1,000 undergrads, said that they had knowingly been in a rebounding relationship, had initiated a rebound Um, and the top characteristics that these researchers found among the people who were in these rebound relationships were number one, Caroline, like you said, they just tend to fall in love fast, right? They also tend to get
4: married faster. So once they got their hooks in somebody,
1: they just keep them. Yeah. So not only do they marry quickly, but they are also randomly enough, more likely to marry foreigners.
4: I have indeed rebounded with an Englishman. Oh, yeah? Myself, yes. He was an actor. An
1: English actor? Yes.
4: That wouldn't have lasted in real life, but luckily I was in England, so it didn't count. That sounds like a fantasy rebound.
1: I know. But I would like to be made into a movie someday. But
4: he was very concerned with his hair, so... For the stage? <laughs> For the stage. It would not have worked out. Was he a stage actor? He was. With oh, a British actor, Very theatrical. He told me I should wear more dangly earrings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and did you? No. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks. You knew a rebound when you saw it. Right. You were not going to invest
4: in new jewelry. Buddy, you're in shape and you have an accent. You're making me feel better about myself. I have
1: no desire to change anything for you. Or randomly get married. Yes. Um, Exactly. And uh, also, I thought this was interesting. They found that people who are, quote, looking for love on the Internet are more likely to be rebounders, and that makes total sense. If you yeah. think about online dating, first of all, so many people are doing it, but, I mean, if there were an easier way to rebound these days, I can't think of one other than signing up for, say, I don't know, OK OKCupid, and just letting the dates flow your
4: way. Or just being, you know, a volunteer to be the doorman at a bar, yeah. and just let the dates come to you. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just have a little business cards ready with your with your number on them. Right. Uh, but then this is where it starts to get a little a little sketchy. Is the hedonistic patterns mm-hmm. cheating, Caroline? What's up with these cheaters and rebounding? No,
4: it says the study says that people who cheat in their relationships are more likely to rebound. Yeah. Does that just mean that they just want so much attention that they they're they're not getting enough attention from their girlfriend or their boyfriend? So they're cheating on them with somebody else. And then
1: when that busts. They just go for somebody else right away. And what a double whammy if you somehow end up being with a person who is not only a pathological cheater, but a rebounder. Yeah. So that maybe they are cheating on you while also rebounding. So that then you would probably need to rebound big time. That's too many steps. I know. It's a lot. Those are people that you just need to draw a big red X over. Yeah. Just stay away from them. Um, And the researchers also tried to draw a correlation between rebounding and unprotected sex but that one was a little weak to me. Yeah, this was a study of about a thousand, like you said,
4: about a thousand undergrads. And so I'm thinking that's more a result of maybe young people like 18, yeah. 19. You know, you're first to college, you're young, you're doing crazy things that might have more to do with it than actually being someone who rebounds frequently. Right.
3: Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the
2: bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.
3: And there
1: was one big question that the study did not address, which is, The reason behind why these people were rebounding, like how the relationship dissolved, um, whether they initiated the breakup or they were the ones who were being broken up with, that can really tell you a lot more about maybe the quality and motivation of a rebound. Because as we learned in psychology today, there are some benefits to rebounding, especially if you are anxiously attached.
4: And that leads me to picture somebody in an absolute panic over <laughs> finding a relationship. I'm like, yeah, oh my God. <sighs> yeah um, these people tend to have a void. They feel like they have to fill this void with someone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could lead you to bad decisions, Patch. but it could also help you disconnect from your previous relationship. So if you just are one of those people who after a breakup, you know, you just feel all of this tremendous grief and you just can't get over it, Mm -hmm. if you rebound with somebody that, you know, disconnects you from your previous relationship, it could make you feel, you know,
1: attractive again, or, you know, just having a good time after a bad breakup. Right. Because anxiously attached people tend to put so much emotional investment into one person that they feel such a great loss it's all of this is based around the idea of an exchange theory and it's this psychological sort of um, framework of relationships that puts it in very sort of economic terms of gains versus losses so by rebounding you move as quickly as you can from a loss to a gain so this could be a good thing for an anxiously attached person to instead of wallowing you know in a very Bridget Jones' kind of Bridget Jones's <laughs> Bridget Jones kind of way, uh, it, it pulls your head out of the other person's behind, behind and and, and gets
4: you moving forward. Right. But what happens when the reboundee realizes that you're just an anxiously attached, crazy individual? See, the
2: problem?
4: And you know, what if they then leave you because they don't want to be the reboundee or because since you're on the rebound, what if you start acting maybe a little desperate, maybe treating them like they're your ex, you know, sliding oh, yeah. them right into that position?
1: Yeah. I have been guilty of that. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I've, I've certainly done the, the rebound that I just wanted to funnel all, like, unresolved emotion from the last (laughs) relationship straight into them. And they were not ready for it. And they should not have been ready for it. No, the
4: exact same thing happened to me. I sort of put all of my angst onto this poor, unsuspecting schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he thought, oh, nice girl. We're just hanging out casually. But I pretty much started dating him a month after my two year relationship broke up. Uh huh. So yeah, I just sort of started treating him like my boyfriend and he didn't know where that came from. Yeah. That did not go
1: well. It's happened to me as well because I was like, wait, wait, is this, I mean, we're, it's cool if we hang out every day, right? Cause I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I can call you all the time and text you throughout the work day, right? Yeah, yeah. I kind of expect you to stay over every night, but yeah, it's a little tricky. You gotta, you gotta be careful with that. Timing, but it is good to know that rebounding isn't all, all bad. I mean, there is, there is this, um, study from University of Toronto saying that, that rebounding absolutely can provide confidence in the availability of new sources of connection. Yeah. You know, it's not not as hopeless. Yeah. There are other, it's the whole, they're more fish in the sea. Yeah. All your girlfriends and guy friends, whoever will tell you, you know, to comfort you, but that sounds like, total trite cliche. Right. Honky. But, um, but it's true. It's actually true. Yeah. And there's facts to scientific data to back that up. But if you are finding yourself, you know, in a rebounding kind of pattern, or if you are fresh out of a relationship and you want to move forward, but maybe you're thinking like, I don't know, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't the right time. There are possibly some questions you would want to ask yourself Mm-hmm. We found these over um, at the Huffington Post. This is from a psychotherapist, Mary Darling Montero. And I mean, there and there are questions, kind of no-brainer questions that you would ask. Right. like, Okay, am I just ping-ponging around from person to person? Mm-hmm.
4: Are you giving yourself any sort of time to actually recover? Yeah. Are you giving yourself any time to actually deal with what you just went through? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to dump it on the next person who comes along?
1: And I think that there's an, a definite distinction between, like you said, dealing with Um, the past relationship and wallowing, right? Right. And that's going to be different from every person for every person as well. Um, and then also recognizing if you are legitimately rebounding and you just want to have fun with someone. Yeah. Because you got to be careful with the other person in that case. Like if you want absolutely nothing serious, because I think we've been there as well. (laughs) Indeed. And it can get, you know, you don't want to hurt the other person. So, also, good to be straightforward about it. Well, so do you warn the other person? Do you, do you just let
4: it come <laughs> up
1: naturally? Like, oh
4: yeah, you know, my fifteen year relationship just broke up. Uh, watch out. Yeah, I am trouble waiting to happen. I am a psychological mess. Do you do you warn them of this? Do you just let that come up naturally, or
1: you know? Maybe... In my experience, they you know they catch on eventually <laughs> yeah. when when the emotional distance becomes more and more apparent. You know, they'll either. Be down with it, or, <laughs> or it'll dissolve. But that's essentially what you want, though, is at some point for it to dissolve, right? You know. So, God, don't date me. Apparently.
4: <laughs> well, no, I got into a situation where um, I was the reboundee. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Went on some dates with this guy who had just gotten out of a, a very long term relationship, and he, you know, was under the impression that he was fine. Yeah. And I warned him. I said, you know, I've been in your shoes. I know it's hard to get out of a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. You're probably feeling a little, maybe a little lonely. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. But, you know, are you okay? Because mm-hmm. you're probably not. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. No, I really like you. Let's hang out. Yeah. Uh, it lasted a couple of weeks, and we finally actually called each other the day before Valentine's Day. And I said, hey, I think we should talk about something. And he said, oh, me too. I said, I think maybe we shouldn't see each other anymore. He said, oh, me too.
1: Uh Oh, that's good. It was amicable.
4: Yeah. We both realized that he was in no position to be dating someone because he started actually treating me like his ex. Oh,
1: yeah. That's going to be awkward.
4: It was definitely awkward (laughs) responding. You know, I would totally get bombarded because I'd say something innocent and he would just totally respond negatively because Uh it was something he and his ex had fought about.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting, like, we we talked about this, um actually, before we started recording the podcast, but this idea that there might be kind of a, a gender difference between men rebounding and women rebounding, mm-hmm. like, time and again, it seems like the story is a guy and a girl break up, and the girl is sad and lonely, and the guy somehow rebounds and ends up marrying the girl or something.
4: Is that, that could just be differences in how men and women deal with things. I mm-hmm. mean, do you think it's possible that women are more open to actually working through their feelings? although I definitely have been guilty of rebounding immediately. You know, is it possible that maybe women are more likely to work through their feelings, you know, think about it, get Mm -hmm. through it, talk about it with their friends. Whereas a guy might just be lonely and go straight to dating someone else. Sure. I think that could
1: absolutely be the, the case. And we haven't been able to find any studies. Like there's no data to back this up, but I think that you make a very good point, but we need to hear from, from guys out there because obviously these are two female minds right. at work. We're just, all, our, all our kooky things. We're just judging away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> per huge. But we've been talking a lot about dating. So I guess the final thing to talk about is the marriage rebound. Mm. This might be the most horrifying <laughs> thought to me is a rebound marriage. Because that right there sounds like trouble.
4: Yeah. There was actually a study that said, hey, this
1: isn't so bad.
4: If you want to leave one marriage and hop right on over to the other one, don't worry about what your friends say about recovering yeah. and taking your time <laughs> for yourself. It says, no, just go ahead. Yeah. And what he's what the guy was saying was just that there's no evidence of a higher rate of divorce.
1: Yeah, I think that the divorce rate is already probably so high. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't screw it up. Yeah. You know, whether you've been there's been time between marriages or not. Um, maybe it's difficult for that person who you're marrying, who might have to deal with any, any excess baggage that you have, but you know what? There's always going to be baggage.
4: Yeah. There's someone for everyone. There's enough desperate people in the world that hopefully they can find each other. Yes. But I, I don't see how, um, something so legally binding could be a good idea.
1: Yeah. That definitely seems like a lot, but Hey, uh, study says not a problem. Yeah. So don't, don't take our word for it, but, uh, you know. So what's our consensus then on rebounding? Good, bad?
4: Well, depends. I think it depends. It depends. It depends on the rebounder, the reboundee, yeah. the
1: breakup, <laughs> who so, you meet at the bar that night. Pretty much we should maybe stop demonizing rebound relationships because it sounds like rebound relationships are pretty much the same as any relationship and that both parties will bring in different sets of things and yeah. the outcome just depends.
4: Yeah, you. Uh, if you're the reboundee, you gotta watch out for that crazy.
1: Watch out for that cheater, that crazy. What? Yeah, cheater. that
4: crazy hedonistic, <laughs> sexually promiscuous cheater. Yes.
1: And if you're the rebounder, if you're doing it all the time, if you're not dealing with your baggage and simply siphoning uh, out onto other people, um, your 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 mess. You mm-hmm. put a stop to it. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable being alone at any time. Then maybe date twice. Yeah, you have issues Yeah, that you need to work through. <laughs> Caroline says you got issues. Yeah, get a cat, maybe <laughs> dog, volunteer to shelter. Yes. And some box set DVDs of good TV shows such as Twin Peaks. You'll be yeah. too scared to want to date. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and you know, if it helps, you can yell at happy couples on the street. Yeah, that's always fun. Throw things think them, not share my mind a yeah.
1: lot mm-hmm. on Marta. <laughs> so if you have any thoughts to lend to our rebounding conversation, we'd love to hear from you.
0: So visit Snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories.
2: No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one-ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a Golden Hour state of mind.
3: Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds
2: perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.
1: And we have a couple emails to read here, and Caroline,
4: why don't you kick it off for us? Sure. This is from Erica. This is in uh, response to the Delivery Room podcast. Okay. Uh, She said, there are a lot of questions and things people don't know about in regards to delivery. My friend and I decided to be each other's support person for our deliveries, and it has worked out great. All four times. Wow. (laughs) We each had our husbands with us, but we had another buddy there that could be a support and be there for you on a level your husband can't. Her husband truly dislikes hospitals, so he frequently leaves and goes into the waiting room or outside for large parts of the labor, giving him a break so he can be better focused for the actual delivery. It's worked out great. Both my children ended up needing immediate medical care and my husband was able to go with them and my friend stayed with me. I
1: think birth is very individual and whatever works is good. And I've got one here from Jane, also in response to our um, Dads in the Delivery Room episode, and she writes, My friends and I have discussed this subject before. At the beginning of the conversation, a lot of them thought they wouldn't want anyone except the doctors to see them as a sweaty mess. But by the end, we really had come up with a good answer. Marry the guy who you want to be there holding your hand. That seems pretty simple. Simple advice from Jane. And if you have... Any advice to send our way or thoughts, again, the email address is momstuff@howstuffworks.com. We'd also love to see you over on Facebook. Give us a like if you don't mind. And follow us on Twitter. So many things we ask. Our handle over there is at momstuffpodcast. And then finally, we have a blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Forks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.
3: The House to Forks iPhone app has
2: arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines.